Welcome to a special five-part podcast series entitled Mastering Chat GPT. My special guest throughout this five-part journey is Larry Roberts, an accomplished IT and marketing professional with over 25 years of experience. Over this series, we will look at AI and Chat GPT, the ethics of Chat GPT, how Chat GPT will change education and compliance training, the intersection of creativity and Chat GPT, and the business applications of Chat GPT. I know you'll enjoy this series, and I hope you'll join myself and Larry Roberts for the entire five part exploration of the use of this cutting edge technology for your business. Welcome to Mastering Chat GPT. In episode one, AI and Chat GPT. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and welcome to our first episode of a very fun and interesting podcast series on Chat GPT. I am joined by a good friend, Larry Roberts. Larry, first of all, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me. No, Tom, this is great. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and have this conversation, man. So, Larry, could you tell us a little bit about your professional background and how you got to the point where you can talk to me about Chat GPT? It was a long journey. It starts off like The Hobbit. But uh, no, my corporate career goes back about 25 years. And I was in the training space in a corporate training environment for years and years. And throughout that process, I actually ended up getting absorbed by an IT department at the company that I recently, we'll call it retired from back on January 4th of 2021. At the time where that career came to a screeching halt, I was a business intelligence analyst. So I'd already had a little exposure to some sort of AI. We were using predictive analytics at the time to look at inventory levels and sales projections and gathering data from a variety of different sources and normalizing that data and then analyzing it from a variety of different perspectives. So AI was something that I'd already been engaged with even on the corporate level. But back in 21, when I left my corporate career, I got into podcasting and content creation full-time, actually started podcasting way back in 2014, but started doing it full-time back in 21. And then lo and behold, late last year, November of last year, this amazing new platform or application called ChatGPT burst on the scene and I fell in love and started just, I just, it literally absorbed all aspects of my content creation. And from that perspective, I saw the potential. I saw everything that it was bringing to the table. I started doing my homework on OpenAI, which is the company that created ChatGPT, started learning more about data models and large language models. And just, again, just fell in love with it. And I've been immersed with it ever since. So could you tell us, or maybe start at the beginning, introduce us to ChatGPT. What's the architecture? What's the tech behind it? And how did you get going in it? Yeah, the, the architecture, ChatGPT is built off of what they call an LM or a large language model. And that model has been trained on a massive amount of text, whether it's websites, whether it's books, whether it's educational papers that have been written over the years. All of this data and all of this knowledge has been loaded into these large language models, and it uses a, another process called NLU or natural language understanding so that it allows us to interact in a way with it where we could literally just have a conversation just like you and I are doing right now and tap into all of the knowledge that large language model has been trained on and use it as a resource for doing any number 
of text-based tasks. That's a very high-level overview of how it works, but they train these models for specific tasks or these LLMs, these large language models. Some are trained or tuned to be more educational. Some are tuned to be more collaborative. Some are tuned to be more creative. So depending on the purpose behind what we're trying to achieve with these models, we can tune them appropriately so that our interactions can help us accomplish the goals of whatever our tasks may be. That makes sense? It does. How do you train ChatGPT? You train it by really interacting with it, by reinforcing it, by loading these data, this data into each and every one of the models. So whether it's loading up like the Encyclopedia Britannica, and I may be dating myself a little bit there, but whether it's loading up again, research papers, whether it's interacting back and forth, because one of the ways that these language models evolve is through direct human interaction. It learns how we communicate. It learns how to communicate back to us. So what it's actually doing is it's taking these conversations that we have and it's predicting the most logical next word in a sequence of, for say, a sentence. So if you ask it a question based on not just the text and the data that's been loaded into the large language model, but also based on the conversations that it's had with its human interactions, it's learning and it's modeling and it's using algorithms to predict the most logical next word to complete a response. How about, how does ChatGPT generate text? How is the text answering my query generated? With experience, over the time that the algorithms have learned how to respond to these, it goes back to what I was saying there with the NLU or the natural language understanding. So ChatGPT is programmed in a way that it understands and recognizes speech patterns and tonality and even emotional text within the text. So again, it takes that and it tries to come up with an algorithm or prediction for the next logical sequence or the next logical word. So based on the experience, and in all honesty, if you're using ChatGPT right now, I mean, we're beta testers for it. You know, with the hundreds of millions of users that are out there on ChatGPT right now, up until just recently, it was receiving all of that input back. Now we have the option to turn it on and off, whether or not we feed back to ChatGPT. But they were using our interactions to actually teach the model, to actually improve the model. And that's why since it came out in November of last year, we were on ChatGPT 3.5, but we've already seen just a couple of months ago where they released GPT-4. And that shows that constant progression that we're making in training these models and the accuracy of the models based on that input that's received back. From ChatGPT 3.5 to GPT 4, we're seeing about a 40% increase in the overall accuracy of the models. I was particularly struck by your reference to Encyclopedia Britannica, <laughs> but I had a, I'm gonna take it in a little bit different direction, but I'm gonna tell you why. Okay. The first time I used ChatGPT, I felt like I did when I was 12 and my parents bought my sister and I Encyclopedia Britannica. I thought that was the greatest thing ever. I had literally the entire world from A to Z at my fingertips, and I could look up anything I wanted. And I felt the same way with ChatGPT, and that's what I thought I had, was in Encyclopedia Britannica. I typed a query and I got an answer. 100%. Uh, and it was, it was just great. I just had awe and wonder. Larry, I was wondering if I could turn to maybe some capabilities and applications that you have seen for ChatGPT. And, 
Maybe if we focus in the corporate arena where I play and you used to play, where do you see ChatGPT as a writing assistant? I think it's an amazing writing assistant, but I want to stress the word assistant because as a writer, as a content creator, as someone that's written a book and tried to write multiple books over the years, in my experience, even just writing emails, let's take it from a corporate perspective. Let's look at writing emails. Sometimes when you're trying to respond to a client or maybe you're trying to respond to your manager or maybe even a VP, we have a hard time constructing an email that comes across professionally, technically accurate, and also responsive. ChatGPT is an amazing email writing assistant. So if we give it a prompt that asks for a concept in return to a particular topic and tell it that we're writing an email, it will actually format it back in the shape or in the format of an email. So it's great in that regard. Going back to even writing a book or whatever it may be that we're putting together, whether we're writing an article, maybe we're trying to be published in Forbes, who knows. But a lot of times we'll sit down and we'll get in front of that keyboard and that Word document, or if you're using a Mac, whatever document you guys use there in Mac world, and we just stare at the screen. We just come up blank because our fingers, they want to do the walking, but we're, our brain's not doing the talking. So using ChatGPT as a writing assistant is an amazing opportunity to unlock that writer's block or that concept block. Now, it may not write it back exactly the way that you would say something. It may not structure it in a way that's representative of your tonality or your expressions, but at the very minimum, it gives you an amazing foundation to build on. And that's where I've seen the most effectiveness with leveraging ChatGPT as a writing assistant is just giving me that inspiration, helping me over that hump. So if I get stuck on paragraph three, maybe I can feed ChatGPT paragraphs one, two, and three, and it'll summarize those for me and give me an idea of where to take the conversation next. I really like your description of the assistant because that's exactly how I see it. I tell people it can provide you a first draft. It is. It can be a very good first draft, but it is a draft, and you have to go through and edit. You're going to have to rewrite. You're going to have to specify. You're going to have to put your imprint on it. Uh, I'm teaching a, a class at law school this summer, and I told the students, I said, you can use chat GPT all you want, but if you give a query, it, you get a text, you print it out, and you submit it, I'll know it uh, because I use it. So I know the general categories, and I can tell the general language. You have to put your own mark on it. So I was really struck by your emphasis on assistant. How can it be used maybe in education or teaching or communication? Because that's where you came out of in the corporate world, Larry. Yeah, it's so robust in that arena, especially going back up, we think, to our Encyclopedia Britannica reference a minute ago. It literally has nearly limitless knowledge on just about any topic that we want to research. It's literally opening up the world to everyone, whether it's teachers that are looking to put together lesson plans, whether it's students that are trying to get a more robust understanding of what it is that's the topic of the day. ChatGPT opens that up to us and it's at the low price of free. I mean, we literally have a public library at our disposal. Now, granted, it's GPT 3.5 is currently the free version, but it opens up so many opportunities. Now, if you use the paid version of ChatGPT, which gives us GPT 4, you've also got now you've got direct access to the Internet through Bing. 
you can literally reference any live website out there now. So before ChatGPT4 went live and before they released this latest release that gave us access, we were restricted to a data set that was only good through November, but now actually November of 21. So now we have complete access, whether it's current information or historical information, it's right there at our fingertips. So how much easier can it get to do your own research, to look into new topics, to understand new and exciting ideas that you may have than to be able to leverage this tool that we have right now? We've never seen anything like it. Larry, let me ask you to turn to the left and look down the road a little bit. There you go. Where yeah. do you see the future of chat GPT? Will it, the language base continue to learn or is it going to go in another direction? It's going to continue to learn and it's going to continue to evolve. Even with chat GPT four now, you're able to input or you're going to be one of the features of chat GPT four is that it's this multimodal, meaning that it's no longer just text prompts that are applicable. We can now upload images and query over these specific images that we upload and things are only going to become more and more advanced in each of those categories. They're already talking about Chad GPT-5 and what some of the things are we may see there. They're very hesitant to release too much because this is evolving so fast and things are changing so fast and it's opening so many doors that we don't exactly know where it's going. And we don't know, it reminds me of Jurassic Park. Our scientists were so busy trying to figure out whether they could, they didn't stop to think about whether they should. And that's the conversations that we're starting to see as far as Chad GPT and AI go. Should we continue to evolve this? Are we opening the doors to AGI or artificial general intelligence, which takes us to a whole nother level of AI above and beyond what we're seeing with the chatbot type AI that we have now with Chad GPT? So where do I see it going? I see it continuing to evolve because, and this is a dystopian look, but we as humans, we tend to just continue creating and creating till we find ourselves in a hole. Do I think we're going to have the diligence to step back and go, okay, we need to put some parameters in place that prevent us from blowing this thing out of the water? Or do we go until we, oh my God, we've got a problem on our hands. And me personally, the way that I'm seeing it evolve and the speed that I'm seeing it evolve, I'm pretty scared that we're going to be going, oops, maybe we should have dialed this back a little bit. Where do I see it going? I see more and more amazing opportunities opening up. I see more and more amazing advancements opening up. When AGI comes on the scene here, which again, artificial general intelligence, which is the self-learning type artificial intelligence that we've seen so many movies about over the years that's going to continue to become more and more prominent. We're going to be looking at more ways to be more creative. I keep track of all these apps that are out there nearly every day. And there are dozens of apps that are leveraging ChatGPT and other forms of AI to hit the marketplace. And they're flooding the marketplace with it right now. People are going to continue to create. Most of this is open source. There are APIs that are available out there that allow you to create your own applications. So I think the more access to what we have, the more advancements we're going to see. And I think the more caution we need to take. Larry, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode. I hope our listeners will join us for our next episode where we take up chat GPT and ethical AI. But before we leave, if our listeners 
wanted more information or to schedule a meeting with you, what would be the best way for them to do so? Yeah, you can always hit my website, redhatmedia.io, or if you'd like to grab some time on my calendar, spend 30 minutes with me finding out what some of your ideas are for AI, you can reach out to me at meetlarryroberts.com and jump on my calendar. would love to hear from you. Larry, looking forward to continuing this conversation. Thanks, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Mastering Chat GPT. We've put Larry Roberts' contact information in the show notes. If you have any questions of Larry, please reach out directly. He's one of the top experts literally in the country on Chat GPT, and I know he'd love to connect with you. If you'd like more information on how Chat GPT relates to your business, you can also contact me, Tom Fox. I'd love to visit with you as well. Mastering Chat GPT has been a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. I hope you will join us for our next episode.